The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good day, and welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis. Good afternoon. Welcome to PR Insider. As the man said, I'm your host, Maureen Kettis, and we are on Voice America Radio Network's business channel. Um, We have a really interesting show today, and this is sort of personal for me because um, I had some legal problems over the last few years, and... um, you know, I've used my uh, no, you know, PR know-how to, um, I think, work very efficiently and well with the lawyers. And it gave me the you know, idea, let's, have, let's talk about legal PR. And I know most um, uh, lawyers, you know, big firms, they work with marketing and PR people to um, help their reputation. Of course, it's not called uh, PR like we know it, like public relations, but more like public reputation. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I have two guests today and maybe a third joining us later. But the two guests are Robert Ambrosi. He's a lawyer and a journalist. He's former editor-in-chief of the National Law Journal, whoa, and Lawyers Weekly Publications. He was one of the earliest bloggers. And since 2005, he's co-hosted the award-winning legal affairs podcast, Lawyer to Lawyer. So he knows all about these kinds of uh, Internet uh, talk shows. He's the author of two books about lawyers and the Internet and of a syndicated column called Legal Online, which is uh, in many publications, including Law Technology News. And you can find him on, on Ambrogi Media, A-M-B-R-O-G-I, media.com. And he describes himself as legal media consulting for a wired world. Welcome, Robert. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. <laughs> and my second guest is Jay Jaffe, who just looks like the nicest guy in the world from his JaffePR.com website. He's president and CEO of Jaffe PR for the last 30 years plus. No way. He's widely known as an innovator of legal marketing services and a proponent of the critical importance of a law firm's public reputation, encouraging law firms to take advantage of all today's public reputation tools. I can't wait to learn this. He's named uh, to the 100 legal consultants you need to know um, on uh, Law Dragon, the list, and he's an award-winning print and broadcast journalist. And he was also former spokesperson for the Ethics Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives. Welcome to Amazing Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So, Thanks for so joining nice us. nice to be here. So the first thing I want to ask is just, you know, a very basic question for both of you is what is legal marketing? What is legal public reputation, and why do law firms need it? So, uh, Jay, why don't we start with you? Sure. Um, You know, if you look at a a law firm as you would at any other professional services organization, um, you realize that there are really only three things that lawyers or accountants or really any professional does, Mm -hmm. and that is they serve their clients, I used to say service your clients until I was told that 
that's not something that lawyers do. <laughs> one, one, one of the few things they don't do. Uh, but that you serve your clients, mm-hmm. you manage and administrate your practice, and you sell or market. Um, and that we found over the years that lawyers, again, like most professionals, are very comfortable serving their clients mm-hmm. because that's the closest thing to what they were taught to do in law school, or, uh-huh. although I would argue that they're not even taught to clients in law school. They're just taught the law. And very few of them are, are really well-equipped to manage and administrate their practice, and they were even less equipped to, um, make, to market and sell their businesses. Mm-hmm. And so if you go back historically, lawyers have, you know, have always, when given a spare moment, tried to figure out some way to use the law to help their clients. The second thing they want to do is you know, maybe go back and do their billing. And then the absolute last thing that most of them want to do is market and sell. Right. And so that's historically sort of what's been going on. I think in, in, a, in a lot of businesses, that's the thing that people forget about. So Absolutely. So bring in an outside firm. And, and, Jay, what's your take on that? Well, that was Jay. I, I'm uh, sorry. Well, I mean, Robert, yeah. what was your take on that? Well, well, I certainly agree with what Jay said. But I, to me, the, the critical element of lawyer marketing is uh, focuses on establishing trust. That the, you know, you said you just went through some experiences uh, with the legal system. For people who are looking to hire a lawyer, I think the the, the difficult there's two kind of two steps. The the first step is finding a lawyer who can do what they need done. I mean, if you're going through a divorce or or a family matter or whatever, you need to find a lawyer who is qualified to do that. But but the bigger leap is to know that you're picking the right lawyer, the lawyer who's going to handle your case well, that you can trust to, to do the best job for you, to not rip you off in fees. And so for me, and, you know, this, this idea of, of, uh, of kind of reputation management is focused on building up that sense of trust in, in the lawyer's abilities. Um, and, and really that's kind of, to me, the core of what legal marketing is all about controlling the reputation of the lawyer? Establishing a basis for people to, to trust your reputation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's why social, social media marketing is such a powerful tool because it gives the lawyer uh, a platform to, uh, to really promote uh, his or her accomplishments and achievements uh, and also something of, of his or her his self, you know, his personality, and, and, and put that through out there. If I could, if I could add on to what Bob said, which is, is right on target, is that the two steps in buying or, or, or in finding a lawyer is, is finding and choosing. And finding a lawyer is really pretty easy, and it's pretty easy to find lawyers who have uh, the skill sets that you really want. Mm-hmm. But when you actually flip from the finding stage and maybe have a short list to the choosing phase, uh, which is where you um, actually decide who you're going to hire, you're going from a cognitive stage where it's in your mind to a more visceral stage where you really are are switching to to how you feel about that person and do you want to sit across the desk of that person Mm -hmm. and is this somebody who you really trust? Well, you know, I'd like to jump in there, Jay. We Um, we were just joined by Heather Milligan. Heather, I didn't introduce you because... um, for some reason, uh, we had some technical difficulty. But uh, Heather Milligan is Director of Marketing at Barger and Wolin in Los, Ange- 
Los Angeles. Am I saying that right? Yes. And she's also, she launched the Legal Water Cooler, a blog dedicated to conversations surrounding the business of law, and you can become a fan of that on Facebook. Heather, welcome. Thank you very much. So we My were apologies. discussing, you know, what is legal PR and why do companies need, why do law firms need a publicist and marketing person? So go ahead and jump in. Well, I mean, I, what it comes down to, and, and studies after studies and conversations with, you know, general counsel, the people who hire attorneys for law firms, and it's also, you know, we can bring that over to the consumer lawyer as well and, and the person who's hiring a consumer lawyer, so people when all things are equal, are going to hire someone that they know, like, and trust. And, you know, in the olden days, you know, before Google, you know, we would do that through personal referrals. If you were a general counsel, you'd call your, you know, someone you know from a competing company and ask them who would they recommend. And, you know, if you're looking for a personal attorney, you would call your friends and other people in your personal network and ask for a referral. But right now, with the advent of Google and now with social media, the individual and also the corporate counsel have the opportunity to go out and find these people on their own. They can do their own research. And now it makes it even more important that you're building and controlling your reputation on your own, whether it's through your PR machine within your firm or your PR company, but that you really get your name out there as an individual and as a law firm if you're doing it for a law firm as well. So, so let's talk, because everybody has brought up the um, social media and what's happened. How, is, how has the business changed you know, since the advent of, of social media? How has the business of managing reputations changed? Um, uh, Robert, maybe you want to start. Well, I I go back to uh, that the sort of famous quote from from the Clue Train Manifesto uh, in 1999 or so. That book came out, which said, which you know raised this concept that markets are conversations, and that these are conversations that are are most often about value, the, the value of of the products and services that are out there. So uh, you know what social media does is provide a a, a medium or or a set of media for, for these conversations to take place, uh, and a set of tools for lawyers to participate and engage in, in the conversation. I mean, for me, as somebody who came from kind of traditional media of newspapers uh, and print journalism um, and became very much involved in online media, uh, I've seen the transition from, from where lawyers relied on publishers to get their messages out to, to where lawyers you know, become publishers themselves uh, and, and that publishing itself is no longer a, a one-directional process but uh, but a conversation. And, and Jay, did you want to weigh, weigh in on that as well? Well, I think that there's something very interesting about um, Bob and I. I'll, I'll leave Heather out of this. I, <laughs> I, I, I know Heather and think that she's fabulous, um, but she's also a lot younger than Bob and I. And I think... And I think that that's one of the very interesting things that's going on in this phone call. Is and I'm older than you, Bob, if I'm correct. I mean, I'm 66, and I don't know, Bob. You don't have to tell how old you are. But, <laughs> I'm not 66, that, Jay. Yeah, that's where I end the show when you start asking the ages of her. <laughs> I, think that, I think that within yeah, a I generational, I think I think there's a certain generational issue when you deal with law firms. Is that lawyers who are my age, if they're still practicing law, uh, they're certainly not interested in social networking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 really something that they're just beginning to recognize, uh, but it's coming from the bottom up. Um, 
in most firms mm-hmm. where the leadership sort of knows about it, hears about it, but isn't quite sure what it is and, and certainly not quite sure how to use it and certainly not quite sure how to use it in the legal environment. So it's been very interesting watching as, as, uh, as people who are leaders like Bob and like Heather in, uh, in the area of social media for the uh, legal community, uh, we're all trying to find our way through this to make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather, what has been your, before we go to break, what's been your experience with being a younger person trying to convince older, uh, more seasoned uh, attorneys to kind of switch their gears? Well, you know, first of all, I'm not that young. I'm in my mid-40s. So, um, <laughs> but what we're seeing is that introducing this new concept to the lawyers, and, and I think that it's something that they don't really know and they don't understand. But let's go back 10 years. They didn't know and understand email and Blackberries either. But I don't think any of us can imagine a lawyer without a Blackberry right now. And I think that's what's happening. There is an in- inbred feeling of being cautious with lawyers. I mean, you think that they're going to be a little bit more risk, um, you know, happy, I guess, but they're very risk averse. So they, they want to see what's going on and how other people are utilizing the tools. And now they're jumping in. I'm seeing it in my own firm. I'm seeing it in other large firms. But there is a leader who's leading it. And whether it's coming from the marketing department, the PR department, or if it's coming from one of the lawyers, there is someone in that firm who's jumped in before the firm does. And they become the leader. Well, we're going to have to take a break, and we will be back with more from Heather Milligan, Robert Ambrosi, and Jay Jaffe. This is your host, Maureen Kettis. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Call in 866-472-5790. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. 
Joe Cribs, No Average Joe is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show and welcome back again i'm on with heather milligan of barger and woolen law firm in los angeles she's director of marketing and robert ambrosi from ambrosi media he's a lawyer and a journalist and jay jaffe from jaffepr.com welcome back to the show thank you so we were talking about getting the older generation to accept social media so uh, heather did you want to uh, chime in on that well, I think when it comes to, you know, the older generations, they are being driven by what the younger people are doing. But at the same time, it's really looking to that middle level of partner, that junior partner, you know, someone who's in their 40s and 50s. If they're embracing the social media, I think it really starts to spread throughout the firm. I've seen that, you know, in my personal experience at my firm, you know, I am seeing my senior partners or my more seasoned partners um, really jumping in on the social media, and they get in on LinkedIn, and they start finding their contacts and people they've lost touch with. They start, you know, seeing what's going on with the firm blogs, and they become interested in that. You know, probably the last thing that they really start to embrace is Twitter, because that's still kind of, you know, is strange to them. Um, they don't see the value in it, but as you start... Um, bringing them into the Twitterverse a little bit further. Twitterverse, to, I love it. <laughs> you know, they start to see the value there as well. Um, you know, I think that, you know, attorneys are just really cautious, and they want to see success by somebody else before they jump in it themselves. So, you know, I do it. I show them my success. I show them the firm successes with some of the junior partners. And now I've got my senior season partners starting to embrace it as well. And, and, and Jay, did you want to say something about how the economy is sort of using, maybe driving the... Yeah, I think that at, at a time when, you know, everybody's making money in the, you know, in the fat days of, uh, of the past, um, people didn't really care about looking at anything new. But when the economy started turning down a couple of years ago, um, the legal business, at least the corporate legal business, started, started turning downwards as, as well. And when things were turning down, they began also to realize, I think, that it wasn't just a typical um, dip or some typical cycle, that there was really something different going on. And I think that that's really had an impact on causing them to look at new and different ways uh, to communicate with their many audiences, and that's why I think they're beginning to embrace social networking. 
Robert, how do you think the social media has changed how consumers buy legal services and how lawyers market legal services? Well, the way it's changed how consumers buy legal services is that they are beginning to uh, expect to be able to buy legal services in the same way that they buy computers and books uh, in any other product or services. That is, they expect to be able to go online and conduct research and find reviews and find ratings and find pricing information. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been a lot of controversy within the legal profession over the last year about a couple of different sites that are effectively trying to rate lawyers. There's one one called Avo that that is is set out with the goal of rating every lawyer in the United States on on a goal of one to ten, on a a scale of one to ten. Um, They're they're kind of seen as uh, as perhaps rebels within the legal industry, but sophisticated or or established uh, legal rating services such as Martindale Hubble, which is at least a century-old directory of lawyers, is now varying the way it rates lawyers to provide feedback from consumers on lawyers' responsiveness and and, uh, billing practices and and, uh, how quickly they return phone calls and factors such as that. So, So consumers are looking for feedback from other consumers. You know, just as they would uh, on, on Amazon.com or anything else, and, and that's that's really changing the game, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think what it also comes down to is that if you go online to do a search and you use Google or Yahoo or Bing or whatever tool you're using, and nothing comes up on that attorney or on that law firm, they don't exist. That's true. You know, and that's what, when it comes to social media, with a lot of my attorneys, how I get them involved is say, we're going to do your LinkedIn profile, we're going to do your Facebook page, we're going to do these things to increase your rankings in Google, whether it's our blogging, and it works, and they see that. And then, but but who keeps it up? Who, you know, I'm just interested in how you act, the actual you actually work it within the firm. Do you have to keep it updated? Because it's one thing to have a Facebook page or a Twitter account, but if you're not updating it, it doesn't really matter. And that's a lot of work. Podcasting. Oh, I'm sorry. And Twittering and blogging and, you know, it takes up a lot of time. It can become a full-time job. So is that what you manage in-house for your attorneys? No, what I do is, as the legal professional and as the marketing professional in my firm is that I deputize them. Okay. I train them, I teach them, and I deputize them. Every partner in my firm or every attorney in my firm who posts to the blog knows and has the administrative tools to get in there and post the information. They're trained on how to do it. You know, they're trained on how to maintain their Twitter if they want to Twitter. They're trained on how to manage their LinkedIn to make sure they're updating their profile information on LinkedIn. They have to do that. Otherwise, it it would be more than a full-time job for me, and that's not what they're paying me to do. But this is their reputation. This is who people are looking to them to be. It's up to them to manage that. Jay, Jay, how about you with your clients? Do you give that service uh, where you say not only will we set it up, but we'll sort of update it for you or send you reminders? And how do you, like, tactically work it out? Well, in fact, um, there was an ad last week from a large law firm looking for a director of social media, which I found very interesting. Yeah. And we're in the process right now. Uh, we have a, a Writers for Lawyers service, which does ghostwriting for lawyers, mm-hmm. but we're, we're quickly adding to that with a ghost blogging service, mm-hmm. so, you know, or ghost social media service, where we will monitor their, the sites that the lawyers want to look at and we will write draft responses and then have the lawyers 
edit them and then send them out. Wow. So it's, it's really created a mm-hmm. sort of a sub-industry for us. Yeah. But I have to say, if you accept this, this notion that, that social media is a conversation, then I think it's really important that the lawyers themselves be the ones who are directly engaged and, and not be, you know, there, there, there's, there's kinds of levels of stuff like what Jay is talking about that you can have somebody else do for you, but you need to be directly participating on Facebook and on LinkedIn and on yeah, But yes Twitter. and no, because, I mean, if I'm looking for a lawyer, I want, I want a, a guy or gal who's, who's so busy doing law, practicing law, that they're not blogging and, and doing all these other things. I wouldn't mind part of a knowing that my lawyer anyway. um, has the final word and actually uses a ghost writer. I wouldn't be upset about that at all. I, I'd, I'd like to know that he's, you know, or she's in court or, you know, working on a brief more than their blog. Well, so, I think so, there'll be a better chance of that when uh, alternative, fee arrange, uh, alternative fee arrangements become more popular and lawyers are less tied to the billable hour. Yeah, <laughs> from I, I, your I lips to God's ears. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really happening right now also as a result of the bad economy. Mm. Well, I would think, though, that, I mean, for me, that writing and getting your message out establishes your authority on an issue. And if you're not doing that, if you're not getting your name out there and associated with the type of law that you want to practice, you're going to be bypassed. You know, by those people, whether it's a consumer who's looking for a divorce attorney or if it's a corporate counsel who's looking for someone to handle an ERISA matter, you know, if they can't Google and search and get more information about you, you know, I think you're losing out because, and this is what I'm training, is that the first interview you have, the first time a client contacts you, you won't even know it. The first thing they're going to do is go read your bio. They're going to Google you. They're going to see what you're writing. They want to know what you're saying. They want to know what your opinion is before they ever pick up the phone and call you. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and, and that's why I think, you know, the website's great, but website's not enough anymore. I mean, no. It's not a dinosaur, or is it? I, does anyone think a website is just not enough? It depends on what your website looks like. <laughs> well, I think it's not enough, but I, I think you can use it as a, as a base uh, it, kind of refer back to it through your other social media activities. Well, we have, you know, we have the firm website, which is, you know, the quintessential, you know, online brochure. I mean, it's the who, what, when, where, why, how of our firm. And then we have three blogs that break down into some of the specialty areas of the firm. And we're driving traffic both ways. You know, if somebody's on our website, they can click on about our blogs and get information about the three blogs, but the blogs are also topic-specific, and people are finding us that way as well. So, you know, I mean, to me, they work hand-in-hand. Right, right. And I think think you have to have all of it. And, in fact, this segues into the next topic that I want to get to before we go to break, which is, you know, the role of good old-fashioned traditional media um, it still has a place, and I think, you know, I, I know there's been a lot of talk about, oh, you know, traditional media is completely dying, and I really feel strongly that it's not. I think the cream is going to rise to the, 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 the top, and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal will always be there. role for, um, how, how, you know, how publicists can also uh, work with lawyers on that. So let's talk about that when we get back. We'll take a, a little break here. This is your host, Maureen. Back with Heather Milligan. Robert Ambrosi and Jay Jaffe, and say hi to Justin Jackman, our engineer today, and we'll be back after a word from our sponsor.
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready to get freed up? Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show and welcome back again thanks for uh, keeping us tuned in i'm on with heather milligan director of marketing at barger and woolen uh, law firm in los angeles robert ambrosi who is a lawyer and a journalist from ambrosimedia.com and mr jay jaffe from jaffe pr welcome back thank you so um we were talking about uh, we want to talk touch on traditional media and the role of traditional media now as one of the elements for potent, your clients and, and, and how you advise them. So, so Jay, let's start with you. Um, are, you know, are, do, you, do you still think it's, there's a value in being a legal talking head on CNN, for example? Of course there is. You know, the, the, um, the issue is usually 
found in law firms by the lawyer saying, well, what's the magic bullet? Tell me the one thing I have to do to get to where I want to get to. And so for years we've been trying to have them understand that it's generally some form of a marketing mix. Mm -hmm. And the marketing mix is totally dependent on what the goals are of the organization. So it's not that advertising is better or social media is better or or traditional print Mm -hmm. broadcasting or advertising or whatever is better. It's, you know, what works for you in your particular situation. And it's there, there is no magic bullet. Um, you know, uh, one of the questions that I've been asked a lot recently is, you know, is traditional law firm advertising dead? And the answer is no. Uh, it, it just depends on how you do it and where you do it and when you do it. Mm-hmm. And the minute law firms start thinking in a more commercial um, marketing mixed way of thinking, uh, they'll be able to use the media. I mean, we've used billboards for corporate law firms, and we've used them very specifically for specific purposes, and it's worked well. Um, on the other hand, there was a big law firm in California um, that eventually uh, imploded, Probeck Flegger, and they started advertising on CNN. They spent 2 or $3 million, and a lot of law firms are, um, are not willing to try television anymore because they say, well, look, Probeck did it, and then they went out of business. But one had nothing to do with the other. Bobek had other problems. Right. So, you know, I think all the media still work. It's just a matter of the thought that goes into how you use it and how you execute. I would also say that it, how much we weigh each aspect of this as well. I mean, in times past, getting quoted in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal was the pinnacle of success if you're quoted in the papers. And now, you know, it really is, for me, getting the message out. How do you get your message out? And, yes, being quoted in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times is still as important, but I don't think it's as important as getting your message out. And sometimes you can get your message out faster, quicker, and controlling that message, you know, through reputation management, through your blogs and other means. Yeah, but your mom or your grandma is not as impressed. <laughs> if you're and, and on, per, you know. Perhaps not your clients, because I, I, I agree with what everybody has said, but I, I would just add that there is still a, a strong mm-hmm. uh, boost to somebody's reputation and to a, a consumer's impression of somebody's reputation when they appear in the pages of the New York Times, provided they're not getting indicted or something, <laughs> uh, and, or when they appear on CNN. Uh, you know, that, that really does help, uh, help the, the consumer who sees that you know, it gives them a basis to trust you, another basis. Not, you know, they're not going to hire you based on that, but it helps shore up the uh, impression. That right, and it's you. also, you can tie that in to all the new media, social media stuff, right? I mean, you can, tie, you can have a link to the article and a, and a, you know, a, a scan of the article on your, uh, on your blog or on right. your website. Blog it and tweet it well, and Facebook it and everything. Right. <laughs> well, and another thing as well is that by controlling your reputation, whether it's, you know, I mean, for me, if you're blogging and you're writing on a topic, especially if you're coming from one of the smaller law firms and you're not from one of the big, you know, we call them the AMLAW 100 firms, you can get noticed. You can start building your reputation and then get quoted in the New York Times, where you know a firm of my size, I'm 75 attorneys, we come out of Los Angeles, we're a boutique. You know, a lot of times we're, we're not going to be the first person the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal calls. But if they're doing their research, they're going to find us on certain matters on certain issues because we're out there talking and writing about it. And now I'm more likely if I try to go to the Wall Street Journal to get an article placed or I start to build and establish a relationship with with a reporter at one of the major dailies, 
I can start doing that and build the reputation of my firm so that we can be quoted, so we're not automatically excluded because of who we are. Social media, in fact, has become a giant killer for the smaller firms. Has become a what? A giant killer. Oh, yeah. This has been absolutely... It's sort of the out of the equation. Right. Well, every, it's everyone is self-publishing. You know, you 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 become the the Wall Street Journal when you have a successful blog, right? I mean, you are publishing your your own um, your own stuff. Well, and the lawyer, and I mean, the reporters are looking for you to do the work. In a lot of cases, when you're looking, I'm here in Los Angeles, and you know, every week we're hearing about more and more people being laid off by the LA Times. You know, the reporters are actually looking for the news. You know, they're looking for people who can be the experts because they don't have the resources that they had 10, 15 years ago. And so by becoming that valued resource, you know, by blogging, by getting that information out there, you can, you know, it, it becomes a very symbiotic relationship, and it's a lot easier to do now, um, you know, especially for the smaller firms where we don't have the resources. I don't have an in-house PR person. I don't have an external PR person. Um, we, we do everything in-house, and we're able to get our name out and our word out. Right, right. Um, and what do you do with a client? I mean, uh, you know, uh, Jay, I think this is probably a good question for you. What do you do with a client who, you know, wants to be a TV star lawyer? I mean, they, they exist, I'm sure. <laughs> and how do you, do you try to talk them out of it? Do you work with that? What, we just tell them it's not sufficient for them. <laughs> you know, if, if, if they're aware that it, it's purely for ego purposes, mm-hmm. then fine. You know, if they're willing to spend the money, we could do that. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that uh, is cost-efficient. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm going to ask maybe, maybe a naive, maybe a, a silly question, but um, when this topic first came to me, it was because I was having a few well, legal situations myself, and I started working with my attorneys on um, controlling the messaging and the tone and the positioning of the briefs themselves. And sort of I found I had quite an effect on the, the case, the cases. And, and um, I'm wondering, is that an arm of PR that's just forbidden? Or I, I know that my attorneys are appreciating it now that they're seeing the results. So is that a new area, or is that an area that you do, or nobody? I mean, somebody answer. <laughs> Robert, how about you? Well, no, it's, it's an established area mm-hmm. that, that public relations and, and media relations being incorporated into trial and litigation strategy, mm-hmm. uh, and that especially in a high-profile case or a, or a case that has the potential to become a high-profile case, that that uh, that having uh, uh, public relations consulting early on uh, in the case and working hand-in-hand with the lawyers is, uh, is very important. And, and there are, uh, uh, I, I'm pretty sure, Jay, your firm has done some of that, and I, I know there are other firms that, that, that also focus on doing that. So that, that's a, a real thing, and it, it's, it's been happening for uh, you know a couple of decades probably anyway. Yeah, I mean lit- litigation PR is a uh, just a subset of our of our media relations group, and uh, and we do get what, what's happening. I think is that we're getting involved at an earlier stage mm-hmm. in the litigation process mm-hmm. than we ever got before, because I think that the lawyers are becoming more savvy uh, to understanding what. Uh, public reputation specialists or PR specialists can do to help their case. 
Uh huh. So they do. So they do appreciate it. Oh and, yeah. And how do well, they? How do they? With this new economy, I mean, how do they work the publicist rate into the case? Because it's you know it's one thing to promote the lawyer and their business. It's another thing to promote the client of the lawyer, right, in trying to help them win their case. Well, well, these situations often arise in in crisis situations, particularly corporate crisis situations where suddenly a a, a company finds itself on perhaps the receiving end of a a critical lawsuit or a government investigation, uh, you know, know, or or, or something in which its reputation is at stake as well as, uh, as well as legal matters being at stake. Uh, And so the cost of Public relations is uh, is a critical component of of the overall cost of responding to whatever the legal matter is, and, and I don't think they have you know it, that that incorporating that cost is something they they welcome because they understand the benefit of it. Well, right, when so you're dealing with a corporate client, I mean, we have this right now. We handle a lot of rescission of coverage cases that are happening in California for some of the big insurance companies, and you know. These are big brands, and they have their PR people, and they've got their teams that come in. I mean, where what happens is that I come in as well, working with my attorneys and in regards to the messaging and making sure that we're utilizing our tools and our channels, whether it's, you know, the blog or, you know, with client alerts or speaking, um, to make certain that we're getting the client's message out as well, that we just become another tool out there that they can use, another vehicle to get that message out, and that we're controlling it because we know what's going to happen in the courtroom that day. How can we position ourselves before the L.A. Times can go to print? I can get a blog post out well before the L.A. Times is going to get an article out. Right. And also, you know, what, you know, what anyone, what, the people are reading what the judge might be reading. Every word is 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 important, very important. And what we work say. directly with the client, with the PR people of the client. You have to work hand in hand with them to make sure that everybody's message is on point, and once again that we're controlling it and we're not letting, you know, emotions or you know a reporter or somebody else's point of view control the message. We can take that. Uh, Jay, did you want to? Yeah, most of the time, the the uh, we've found that the in-house PR people in uh, in the corporate world are generally pretty useless when it comes to crisis matters yeah. because they don't understand the uh, the connection to the legal world, mm-hmm. and that's where we generally get pulled in um, is because of the in-house PR people may be great product PR people, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not product liability PR people. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm getting the note from uh, from uh, Justin that we have to take another break. This is your host, Maureen Kettis. You've been listening to PR Insider, and we will be back in a few minutes with three wonderful guests, Heather Milligan, Robert Ambrosi, and Jay Jaffe. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back again to PR Insider. If you missed any of our shows so far, don't forget to go to prinsider.biz and we can provide a link. Um, so you can archive episodes 24-7 on demand. I'm on with Heather Milligan, Director of Marketing at Barger Woolen, if you just turned in, and Robert Ambrosi from AmbrosiMedia.com and Jay Jaffe from JaffePR.com. Welcome back. So we were talking a little bit about um, uh, crisis management, um, and um, you know, I wanted to get your, your insight into... Um, what a you know how how a company in crisis needs to find a PR firm to help them if they feel their in-house staff isn't isn't qualified. Uh, uh, maybe Robert, you want to weigh in on that? Uh, well, <laughs> it depends. I the uh, the, the uh, I guess I'm stuttering on that only because there are so many different issues that they can be facing. This can be everything from a a criminal defendant, uh, you know, a, a, a one-person uh, law firm representing a criminal defendant up to a major corporation defending a, a, a federal government investigation, and their needs will differ and the firms will differ. Um, the, the larger firms uh, will often have relationships already in place with public relations firms. Some of them actually have their own uh, uh separate businesses that operate uh, as crisis management uh, and consulting firms. 
so I think the place to start with this is with the lawyers. I think the in-house legal departments at major corporations and the law firms themselves already have relationships. There are a handful of firms around, of, of uh, PR firms around the country that do this and that are well known for this. And it seems like, I mean, any time a corporation's involved in a crisis, um, it's, yeah, I mean, any time a, a corporation's involved in a lawsuit, it's somewhat of a crisis. Right? It's sort of inherent in, in, in a lawsuit. Uh, you know, we can take a look at, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on uh, what's going on with Toyota hmm. from a legal standpoint, legal PR standpoint, the, you know, the, the car debacle that's going on right now. Well, I mean, the great thing is from, from a law firm standpoint is I love watching corporate America, and I love watching how corporate America handles, you know, a situation, whether it's, you know, what's going on with Toyota this week or with Apple and the launch of the iPad, you know, I think that there's a lot that we can learn there. And, you know, one thing is is to get out in front of that message. You have to get in front of your message. You have to control it. You know, my background, I come from nonprofit, and we, I did a lot of lobbying. And, you know, that's what we did. I mean, we jumped out in front of the issue every single time, and that's the only way you're going to quote-unquote win. If you let the media or the consumers, and now the Twitterverse, get a hold of your message and take it away from you, you're going to have a really hard time bringing it back, and especially once the lawsuits start. So, right. go ahead. Well, I, I mean, I was going to just say that, uh, you know, you're right, that the Toyota one, that is a crisis. Companies are involved in litigation, uh, all sorts of ongoing litigation all the time, and it really it doesn't reach a crisis level. I mean, it, it's, it's difficult for them, but, but it's, it's part of doing business. But mm-hmm. the crisis cases are different, I, and I uh, fully agree with what, what Heather just said and, and the idea that not only get in front of the message, but take responsibility uh, and show that you're taking responsibility and act on that. Right, which is what the president of Toyota did. I mean, he, you know, and that thing was hard. And I think that we've, I think we've seen enough, enough crises over the years now, where we know who's good at it, like Tylenol, and who's mm-hmm. bad at it, like Exxon and the Exxon Valdez. And if you just follow those examples, will generally come out pretty well. Because from the legal standpoint, like if you take the case of Toyota, uh, your legal department is going to, you know, settle those cases. And there's not going to be huge amounts of publicity around them. I mean, everybody knows already that, that uh, there's a problem and people did, people did die, and there will be uh, you know settlements in those cases. Right. Uh, the other, on the other hand, it becomes a marketing issue because they want to make sure that when they start selling cars again, that people start buying them again. So that's really where the the, uh, the PR side of it comes in. Right. Can you? Is it possible? Um if you have, you know, very negative, uh, you know, web presence or, or, you know, Google results or negative things come up to get rid of them. Of course. Well, you can't get rid of them. They're always right. going to be there. Once it's out there, it's there. But you can replace it with positive. So the, the, so the negative gets moved further and further and further down. Correct. It's called, it's called DSEO. Defensive search engine optimization. <laughs> You're serious. It's, it's, I love it. <laughs> you, know, it's, you have to have it in your arsenal if you're a, a contemporary PR firm. Yeah, yeah. In, in a sense, everything we do these days is public relations. Public, the, the, the Internet has made our lives and our professions so transparent mm-hmm. that we have to constantly be thinking about the message that we're sending, the, 
the message that we're conveying about ourselves. And, yeah, you can turn it around. Uh, but once it's out there, it's out there. And then I have a question for you, Jay, just sort of um, I saw something on your website that, that uh, piqued my interest. At, but basically you say you can promise higher ROI to clients. How do you – do you promise ROI? Or am I, did I misread it? Or Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, we, we mentioned – I know we mentioned ROI on, uh, on our website. But you know, we think that if you engage us to – um, to help manage your public reputation, that there will be a direct correlation between what we do and uh, and, and your ROI. And you know, if you want to measure it, uh, we can even go so far as to measure it by measuring what your reputation is before we start a campaign, and then measuring again at different benchmark points right. along along the way. Well, I would say with any of these, with ROI, is that you have to establish beforehand what you're trying to measure. Yeah, and then that's how you're going to find success. I think that there's a lot of misinformation that if you write a blog, all of a sudden you're going to get 20 new clients. You know, that might not be what you're trying to measure there. It might be, you know, how do you increase your reputation? How are you increasing? I mean, for one of the things I want to do is to build our presence, that if you did a Google search, you'd find us. And that does happen now. So I think that when it comes to media, you know, and with the ROI, one thing that lawyers don't understand is that it's not always measurable in a dollar amount and that you have to decide beforehand what you're trying to measure. Yeah, well, I don't think that's just, you know, unique to lawyers. I think anybody hiring a, a PR firm has a hard time digesting that. <laughs> you know, it's not advertising. It's a different, it's a different animal, completely different animal. Um, so, you know, we have just a couple minutes more, and I just wanted to kind of get a word from each of you on, you know, what's uh, coming up for you. Uh, Heather, uh, you've you got the legal water cooler I've got the legal water cooler. I'm going to be presenting at the National Legal Marketing Association talking about how small firms and solo firms can get more involved in social networking and social media. Right, and you can Twitter, follow her on Twitter at, at Heather Milligan, um, or you can become a fan of the legal water cooler on Facebook. And, uh, Robert, do you have anything you want to tell the listeners about? Well, they can listen to my podcast. Uh, find us on the LegalTalkNetwork.com. My show is Lawyer to Lawyer. And it's the new, numeral two, lawyer to lawyer. Right. And, and Jay, you? Well, we're excited about our new branding and our new website. I would recommend that uh, people take a look at the multimedia website at uh, jaffepr.com. And that's two Fs, J-A-F-F-E-P-R.com. And I love the pictures of your staff. It's very welcoming. It's very, like, personal. And next week I have on Sarah Riggs-Amico. She's the entertainment marketing and brand integration expert at APA Talent and literary agent in Beverly Hills. Don't forget to go to PR Insider and sign up for your, our weekly reminders. And I'm your host, Maureen Kettis. Thanks to John Missile and Justin Jackman. Don't forget to relate to your public. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week.